Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. I'm Taylor. And back-to-back fucking Thanksgiving episodes. Mm-hmm. The only... What other podcast in the business is doing that for you? <laughs> we didn't We didn't skip right over to fucking Christmas. Oh, no, no, mm-hmm. no. I, I think it's especially... Because this is also our second Friendsgiving movie, too. Because Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is just a Friendsgiving movie. But this one went so far as to have it in the title. Which is fun. Oh, yeah. They're like, we are friends and we are giving. We are Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. I will have to say I've never been to a Friendsgiving before. So I'm, I'm happy to have experienced it in the most L.A. version possible through this movie. I think that's a fair assessment. It is the most L.A. Friendsgiving that ever there was. It, it is a very rich, rich crowd, um, which is interesting to watch because it's different than uh, our L.A. experience. Is, I was going to say, is that, sure. something, is that something you can relate to whatsoever? I can't. No, 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 not at all. Like a rich L.A. experience. Oh, yeah, the, but it's like, well, from watching it, it did feel like these people, these actors, as friends, got together and decided to make a movie. But yeah, I'm not really even quite sure about that because the chemistry didn't seem to be there between the, the two best friends. But it yeah, felt so- like a movie. Go ahead, Katie. Y- So let's get into it. So this was my pick, and I wanted to do something a bit more recent because, again, the the title Friendsgiving really, really caught my eye, especially during this year where a lot of it is probably going to be more of a Friendsgiving situation since a lot of people might not be able to travel. So I, um, so upon watching this movie, I got the sense, uh, I noticed right away, actually, that Malin Ackerman was a producer in the credits, she's also our lead actress. She plays Molly, an actress. And, that, that checks um, out. That checks out pretty hard. Yeah. So I I went into it knowing that and anticipating it. But I was surprised just how much Molly just felt like she was the stand-in for Malin. And I don't know much about Aylan Mac- Ackerman's personal life. But when I Googled her, of course, I found out that she went through a divorce. I uh, they There's constant men- mention of this movie... Uh, Pluto Raiders throughout the film that I thought might have been a parallel to Watchmen. Um, so I was pretty sure that that's where that came from. Like like this more big budget kind of movie that everybody recognizes her was from. Was Malin Ackerman uh, in, in Watchmen? Snyder's? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never seen it. Um, yeah, she's, she's, um, I, I forget which character, I forget which character <laughs> she plays, but she does play a prominent role in Watchmen. Fuck, I gotta but watch But on this man. podcast... <laughs> on this podcast we know her uh as the reporter from rock of ages so correct we have that's in, that we have her in rock of ages <coughs> excuse mm-hmm. me that's that's vapor not covid um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh she she was a uh, and hilarious uh in a movie that i love and you hate the heartbreak kid mm-hmm. uh, yeah we'll cover uh, it one day she's super she's super funny and harold and kumar go to white castle uh she's Consistent, like when I saw that she was associated, like the title alone, I'm like, boom, I'll watch that. You fucking got me. And then I saw mm-hmm. Malin Ackerman. I'm like, hell yeah, she's funny. Kat Dennings, she's funny. Whoa, Chelsea Peretti, she's funny as hell. I'm like, look, how does this have a 22%? This is going to be a joyous time. I'm very wrong because I think it was boring as shit. Um, <laughs> but I think that like goes to show you that 
sometimes even if you have like all of these pieces on paper, it, it doesn't uh, equal a necessarily funny film. And But I, I will say it seems like when you're making that flick, it probably seemed really funny because everybody seems like 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 they're pals. Everybody seems like they're trying to one-up each other. It feels improv Like it feels like there's probably so many laughs in the other takes and so many laughs on set that it, it's one of those situations where maybe it clouds like your judgment a little because you're like, oh, we think this is funny and we're having a funny time. Doesn't necessarily mean like whatever you end up with in the final cut is going to be uh, this this uh, this funny flick. Just because you had a fun time and things were funny on set and things are light and airy doesn't mean uh, that we're all in on the joke. Do you think that? I do, absolutely. Uh, the other piece of it is that the writer-director, I apologize, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Nicole Payone, she, um, I looked into her background a little bit, and she's an improv actress, uh, or comedian, an improv comedian, and she's done the Big Gay Sketch Show, which really helped uh, kind of give some background as to Kat Denning's story as a newly out lesbian. So I kind of had a feeling that this came from both Malin and Nicole's experiences, and they probably combined them both in the initial idea for the script. And then as things just kept going, I think that they had less of a script and more like this actor friend that we have does something funny here. And it, it never really felt cohesive at any point. It just felt like they had a lot of building blocks of a lot of talent but they didn't have anything probably written to really let those people really shine. It's what happens in improv when nobody edits. There's a thing Mm. in improv that when a a scene gets too long, someone will either come in and and save the scene or someone will swipe the scene and be like, get the last laugh and then you continue forward. Um, No one seems to do that. And, and I will say there's funny bits in it. It was like, I literally came in when the three fairy godmother... Gay mother. Gay mothers uh, came mm-hmm. in. And it was like, you could see that they all were just one up in each other. And you've got some great comedians right there. And mm-hmm. it was, you could just see their brains working. Where it was like, they were improvising, but they knew that no one was going to stop them. It's not even improvising mm-hmm. that's a problem. The improvising is funny. It's just that, like, uh... Well, let's back up for a second, just please, for, please, for the listener. So this movie centers on these two best friends, Molly, played by Malin Ackerman, who is a recently divorced single mother actress with a rising career in her plush Hollywood home. Man, during I really went for it, She's... didn't I? We just really were like, hey, guess yeah. what? There's very gay mothers. <laughs> And and her best friend is Cat is Abby, played by Cat Dennings, who is a recently out lesbian who just whose um former partner, her first female partner, just broke up with her. And I think both of these storylines have very similar problems. And that I think that the people that went into creating these stories didn't have a lot of um f- like hindsight when they were writing them. Both of these partners are ridiculously cartoonishly awful when they're talking about them and there's something to be said for that if you're if it's recent but for Kat Denning's character it's been going it like she's been broken up with years, for, for a years. year and like I it both of their partners were awful like Molly's uh ex-husband he she said that he used her like a trophy and Abby's ex-girlfriend uh made her like 
there's mentions i think all these lines are improv of her partner locking her in a closet because she didn't like her outfit or not letting her leave the house uh, after thanksgiving because she gained a few pounds like that's abusive behavior and i feel like if kat denning's arc was realizing that she was in an abusive relationship and kind of coming to terms with that and realizing that not all gay experiences are like that, I think that could have actually been really powerful. Like, I, I think there was something to be said there, but because sure. they were using these horrible instances of abuse for comedy, there just wasn't a place for that. And so her storyline from the get-go is very weak. And, and then the, the second part... And troubling. And then the second part of that is they keep, throughout the film, they keep inviting various lesbians to possibly date abby uh throughout the film and there's three of them they turn to the camera and they break the fourth wall whenever they arrive and they're just the most stereotype of stereotypes that i think that you would see on a los angeles dating app and i'm pretty sure that comes from the writer director's own personal experience that feels very personal um that's not at all what i've really experienced I, I have had awkwardness in the uh los angeles lesbian dating scene but never anything that extreme and i get that we often make things more extreme for comedy but i i didn't understand any of that at all and then with the fairy gay mothers um like that scene i know that that's supposed to be her like like it's you're you're a baby gay it's okay for you to act out like she does she's going through the growing pains that i feel like um a lot of younger gays get to go through earlier on like in high school when you get to be a little bit awkward about like kind of discovering your identity like in the hospital scene she shouts that she um she's being discriminated against because she's gay and that, that's very much, like, new out behavior, like, embarrassing, over-the-top, like, this is who I am, come after me kind of behavior. Huh. So that that shows that kind of aspect, I think, pretty well. I don't think it's very funny. Um, I don't think it lands well at all for drama or humor. And, uh, again, going back to the fairy gay mother thing, I think that was just a, a way to bring in these very famous uh, queer female comedians. Um, but... Even in the dialogue, it was a little confusing that every newly out lesbian gets one fairy gay mother. Like, they specifically said one. Everyone gets one, but there's three there's of them three. that show up for Kat Jennings. Yeah. I I'm not sure if either of you felt this way, but the character I felt the most for was the, the fling Jeff, the shirtless fling, who throughout yeah. this movie is just trying his best to be a good person and to be supportive of... This woman that he's clearly sweet on, and he likes her baby, and he's trying to be cool, even though her ex-boyfriend gets invited to Thanksgiving. Like, he's just a very solid dude. Well, I, but the, then... No, go ahead, oh, sorry. But then the, the story gets kind of weird in some places, because we're, he's a philanthropist, but he Embezzles gets money from shit? his... Is is that the implication? Like, like it, it's yes, very that's the implication because it doesn't really... No, it is, because... It, it, Sorry, my bad. I, I felt like they straight up were like, yeah, this dude has these charities that he takes money from, and that's how he lives and like, like at all. Like, he doesn't work or anything. So, I 100% agree and said to Taylor, I was like, this guy's giving the most consistent performance the entire flick. He is mm -hmm. uh, the same character throughout. He's really just fucking going for it. Um, but, yeah, totally. They're like, yeah, he's, every, his charities just flow to money. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so fucked up um and the scene where he's like where the kid latches onto his nipples kind of weird but um 
I my my thing about this is, you know, my favorite episodes often of uh, sitcoms and the ones that end up getting rewatched, even if you don't rewatch the whole series of sitcoms, are the holiday episodes, and they rock. Mm. And you can do all this situational, uh, you can do all these situational comedy and like short little tasty Thanksgiving and Christmas stories and stuff, and they work really well because a, we've had. Uh, time and hours and hours of television to establish these characters, the stasis, who they are, how they exist, and then you get to play around. This movie feels like it it want it like could easily fit in a twenty two minute slot. Like you could put this movie perfectly into an episode of a sitcom. The problem is we also have to like learn about these characters and do all the other legwork um, that a, that a that a TV show doesn't in that instance of those episodes, uh, and then it becomes like an hour and a half that feels like just like a grueling three hours or something like, mm-hmm. because there's just not enough like to, to, to latch onto, but uh, aside from like that baby on the dude's nipple, like, like mm-hmm. there's not enough, like there, there's not enough, like uh, there's no legs to stand on. And it doesn't like, I don't, it's kind of like Taylor said, I don't know them or care enough to. Um, and that's kind of what maybe makes it not flow the way, it could because on on pitch, on concept, on everything that we're sort of like talking about, I mean, it, it plays and I understand why it's made. It, it It's sort of like the unsuccessful Hubie Halloween because that's not an amazing movie, but you have all these friends working together with a budget and they put out the flick and one is the number one movie on Netflix and the other is this movie mm-hmm. that I paid $6.99 to own. Like on Amazon Prime, it was like rent it for five ninety nine or buy it for six ninety nine. I'm like fuck you. I'll support filmmakers six ninety nine. It's yours. Mm-hmm. I want to like your movie. I want to talk about it, and uh, I'm happy it exists. I'm I hey I called your movie boring. You could argue breaks really boring. <laughs> so that that's the game is the game. Um, but I I I think I'll be like you know sticking to my fucking slaps giving episode of How I Met Your Mother as opposed to watching Friendsgiving again. I actually just rewatched the Slabsgiving episode uh, of How I Met Your Mother not that long ago, and it it's still, if you mm, pardon the pun, it still slaps. Oh yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's good. Well, that's... um, but I I do think this is the most frustrating p- kind of movie that we cover on this show, where I feel like a lot of the pieces are there. Like there's, it's got good bones. I yes, just don't totally, think that totally. there was enough time to develop it. Like if they had just fleshed out the concept yeah, a little no bit more, I think those it could have been dude. really good. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. well, and what you guys are talking about with Slapsgiving is like the perfect example of what's happening with this movie. Is the tension isn't actually there or doesn't feel real? So mm. you believe that Barney uh, is it? Barney's gonna get slapped. Mm-hmm. Barney's gonna yeah. get slapped, and you're waiting for that. And so all this comedy can happen from that. All of the, like, tension or, like, crazy-ass, like, things that are happening, they're either making a joke already out of it, so you kind of are like, oh, so none of this is really a big deal, or it's just, like, downplayed. Like, you can, again, once you make it too absurd or you make fun of it too much that you do yourself, your audience isn't, like, they just stop caring. And so... Mm all of these things I said, Luke, it's like a, it should have been a successful Judd Apatow movie. Like that's what it feels like to me, but it, it, it just misses the point. Also, 
Oh, I'm just gonna be a little ruthless. The l- you uh, too late for that. It's too like, late. I mean, you're fucking ripping this to shreds. <laughs> the I also like this makes me appreciate an editor and a lighty a a someone who lights and sets a a set. Going so after much. the technicalities. Well, mm-hmm. I just think that that's an art form that goes underappreciated that I just like don't even think about, and so, you know, and I also will say. Watching this movie and Luke was like, you know, I would love to make a movie like this. And I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, I am way harsher than the, the regular moviegoer. Well, we are watching to criticize, too. Like, I mean, that is kind of mm-hmm. the point. We are we are film critics on this podcast. You know, 60 plus episodes will show you that we can critique some movies for better or worse. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. guys. I like my rom-coms, fair share of them. But uh, this this movie just. It's like it holiday. Just, yeah, Holiday on Netflix is also like one that I like. I I tried to watch and I was like, "Ooh, this is bungus." It's checking the boxes, but it just cannot figure it out or find <laughs> or find its footing, and so it ends up being really like frumpy instead of light on its feet, like it could be. That's yeah. this movie. All of these wonderful people, all of these funny people, uh, an interesting situation, but just I don't ever get to know all these characters, so they're all just a bunch of randoms to me. Mm-hmm, for sure. There's not enough cohesion and there's not enough heart. And I feel like those two things really make a good comedy great. Agreed. And, and this is what happens when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, a.k.a. when mm-hmm. too many... Why is it a lot? Is it a lot of writers? No, too many good actors who are... In improv, you become a you become a writer. I hear you, but it's not like the whole thing's improv, right? I think big chunks of it are. Okay. I mean, like, it felt improv, but I didn't think it was, like, that much. That actually, that plays. Why does, what's his name? Why does his shit play when it's just as, like, oh, god damn it, the dude from Chicago that you like. The dude from Easy. Oh, why do his movies play? Yeah, why do those play? Like, because it's it's the same thing. They don't all. I think a lot of people have problems with what's-its-fate, the first one. Okay. I'm just curious. But I also, he might be more of an editor. Maybe. Because... I think that's the it's knowing when you've gone too far. It's knowing when mm. when yeah, I could make a huge joke right now that would one up you, but would it make sense to the story? Like that's what you have mm-hmm. to know as an a really good improviser, but as a director too where it's like, "Hey, I would love for you to get to like show off your comedy chops and be ridiculous right now, but like in this scene, you're that's not really your jam. Like that's not what your ch- you don't get to do this right now. Where was, was his? Sorry, go ahead. That would be like me and Break being like, Luke, I'm gonna be the funny one today, even though my whole purpose is to be in support of AG. Sometimes you gotta know where your character lives in the movie versus mm. where your character lives in the uh, like in your world, because actors can mm-hmm. make themselves the most important. And, and again, I don't think that's anyone's, I wouldn't say it's like their fall. It's just what happens when you have really fun, you have fun on set, you make, you want to make a movie and you want to have fun. You, your story just gets a little lost. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter. Like you had a good time on set. You got paid money to do this movie. I'm sure it was an, it was a good time. Filmmaking's Mm -hmm. not easy. Yeah, it looks like a great time. Right. I bet it was a blast. Nobody's mad. Like, I don't think anybody's sitting there and being like. What was what was its purpose? Like, was it supposed to go into theaters and make big bucks and it did because of COVID? Like, where was this supposed to release? I re- I bought it on Amazon, but, like, is it an Amazon original? I don't think 
it's an Amazon original. Uh, I watched it on Vudu. Um, okay, I just, I just, I, if it's I think new. The, I think the intent was to maybe do like a limited release. Okay, but I, I'd have to to Google it to make sure. I, I do think it was the the intent was to take it to theaters initially. I think that I think that probably. I don't see it. I don't see it breaking box office records. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe this was. It a does good, have a the advantage of. It does have an advantage of being a holiday movie, though. It does absolutely. Like if. Mm-hmm. Got my. If money. you do want to watch something to get in the season, I think um, people are looking for good Thanksgiving films. Not a lot of Thanksgiving they, films have really been not made. Enough. We've we've covered most of them at this point. Just watch plane, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> that's probably the best one. That is the number one. Yeah. That's, that's probably far um, away the best one. I, I do want to kind of go into a couple more of these characters. Oh, please. Be my uh, guest. You mentioned the swinging couple. That feels like it came up at some point during improv. And I I was really kind of bummed out because I thought there was a potential for those really kind of awkward scene between um the couple and Kat Dennings I honestly thought they were gonna have a threesome and um she was gonna have some kind of like I I mean I thought it would be interesting because I thought maybe she'd have like some kind of revelation or epiphany or you could milk that kind of awkwardness for comedy um but it just didn't really go anywhere I I kept thinking that maybe that would come up again but it didn't accept in like really quietly at dinner later when they were like we're gonna bring someone in at Christmas but it 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 wasn't a lot. It it felt really weird that they that that it was. It, it just felt like it, it didn't go anywhere. Um, then the horny mom who crashes Helen. Um, usually a parent isn't at Friendsgiving, uh, so that's <laughs> a little odd. Um, it kind of takes away from the title. She is uh, Molly's Swedish mother who is on her fifth husband, soon to be ex husband. And she's, I think, in some ways, she's really fun. I've never met someone like this, but I do think there's a lot of potential for this character, but she doesn't really get to do much either. She briefly fails at watching Molly's baby, and she feels bad and then cleans and makes some food and then leaves. But that's about it. She doesn't really get to have a moment of catharsis with Molly. They don't really get to connect. Um, And then there's this... Molly's she the mom invites Molly's ex boyfriend, which is initially confusing because at first you're led to believe that she exactly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like it it confuses shit out of me too. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, and then that dude sucks. Like maybe not that, maybe not the the dude, but the character sucks. It's it's really confusing because it seems like the movie is positioning like maybe she'll get back together with him at the end. And, um, because he seems to have more going on than Jeff. Uh, but at the end of the movie, nothing happens. Except Helen, the mom, makes a pass at the ex-boyfriend. And he suddenly becomes the voice of reason. Who says, hey, you know, I think Molly's going through something right now. And she (laughs) needs her mom. And, like, I wouldn't mess around with my ex-girlfriend's mom. And it's like, but you were flirting with her the whole movie. Where did this come from? Like, Everybody's you're, kind like, of flirting with everyone. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's a, big a very orgy. horny movie. That gets a lot better mm-hmm. if it's a big orgy. I, I think like that, like you have a movie full of side characters. The only answer is to have them all fuck at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the character That's you the only one. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to say it. Oh, well, oh but there's a character that Luke really liked, too. What was it? I don't remember liking any character that much. The li- the one that was uh, giving the speech towards the food. The one that was like, and the carrot. Oh, Chelsea, oh, Chelsea Peretti. Peretti. Yeah. Chelsea Peretti was mm-hmm. a, a shining beacon, a, a golden star, a lifeline, a life vest in this, in this movie because she's <laughs> just so goddamn good and goddamn funny. She plays a shaman. Who uh, she prefers Shaw woman. (laughs) (laughs) Who is uh, coming out of her own anger management issues, which is a really fun character. I really feel like she got underutilized just because there's so much going on. But she, I agree, she was a bright spot for sure. It was so fucking funny. Anytime she's like, anytime she's in anything, just always a blast. She's so funny, man. Is she the one who's married to Jordan Peele? Oh, okay questions we needed answered <laughs> and um Anyways, no <laughs> there's uh christine taylor who is matilda in zoolander she the reporter in zoolander she plays a woman who has so much botox she can't move her face which is really puts her in a corner unfortunately like she doesn't get a lot to do um except struggle with botox and her husband rick i think he's the only other person in the aside from molly and um and jeff who is vaguely a philanthropist he's the only one that kind of mentions what he does oh and the shaman i guess we do have a shaman um but he brings up that he has a he like is thankful for the success of his crossfit gym which is another like one offer that like i i did get kind of a chuckle out of but there's not really much to his character aside from being married to a woman who has a lot of Botox. So it's it's a lot of, like, really surface-level Is he the one who's like, oh, that, that gravy, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink it. Yeah. That shit was super yep. funny. <laughs> this is like, um, there's a game uh, that you play in improv where it's like, who's coming to dinner? And mm-hmm. the one person leaves the room, and then everybody who's supposed to be a guest gets a... Um, a very specific suggestion from the guest, and it feels like they just mm-hmm. did that for like eight eight of the characters that showed up. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, what if you came in and you had Botox and you couldn't talk? Or what if you own a CrossFit? Or what if what if you're a Shaw woman and like, but you really care, but you also have anger management issues? Like that, mm-hmm. it's like all of these things are fun for a a, a twenty minute sketch. Not a full movie. Oh, there's also a character who sometimes who keeps alluding to the fact that his brother is missing, and there are a couple Fucking jokes funny, that dude. he has that I think are really funny. But again, we we but that never gets resolved. When my brother and, went missing. Brought I, up. I began to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's goofy. Oh, and he's the other one's still missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy was good. There's funny shit. Like, there's lots of it's. There's lines. There's a lineorama. I bet you the lineorama on the Blu-ray would be fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. But who'd you say directed this? Uh, Nicole Payone. I apologize if I mispronounced yeah. her name. Does she have any um, other features? This is her first one. Okay. Oh. Just curious. Well, now I feel bad. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you tore her apart. Yeah. You can apologize. I'm sorry, because I'm also like, oh, there are so few female directors. And, yeah, and... what have you done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say you liked it. 
I liked it. We, we liked it. Here's the thing. It had it has so, so, so much potential. I just think mm-hmm. that if it would have, if they would have kept the storyline solid and um, they not so many people got to cut try a, to shine, be a shining yeah, beacon Cut a few characters out. Like, cut, like, four people yeah. out and, yeah. and just hone in a little. And this movie probably plays way harder. And then put the other characters in your next movie. Yeah, um, I agree. And also, two. like, as somebody who has a blonde, straight best friend and is a brunette, caustic lesbian, like, there, there is something that I wish I could have related to in this film because that is my best <laughs> friendship. She's not, not a famous to be for actress. You, right? who, else, who else is it for yeah. if not for you, Katie? Mm-hmm. And here we are. But, yeah, yeah it just, I, they never got to feel real, and I think that that's a real shame. Not enough heart, not enough bonding. I don't, like, there's a part at the end, like, finally when the movie decides to have on the, sur- like, blow up in conflict is when the baby eats pie. By the way, did you guys catch when the baby was fed pie? Uh, I thought that, like, I thought I... If it's if it's not shown, it's certainly alluded to because she's in there with the baby and she's like she says something like you want some yummies or so- I remember seeing it and being like oh she gonna feed this baby like turkey or something and then I forgot about mm-hmm. it and then we see her eating pie like at so, the table well no but then the the whole thing mm-hmm. happens and I'm like oh she probably did it then and I just like so I if it's not shown it's a, it maybe alluded to but regardless. The, the baby I think it should have been shown, it, or at least made more of a business of. All the to, baby stuff you know, is kind fucked of... up in this, man. They just The baby just gets the <laughs> shit kicked out of it in this movie. Do you also think <laughs> that they didn't show it because they wanted to get that line where they're like, yeah, but did it like, are you sure it didn't have any alcohol or yeah. drugs? Like, well, that shit was funny. Uh, she well, was we hilarious. Don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What when happened? I watched this with Erica, she thought that maybe the baby got a rash because of the uh, lotion that the that Jeff had on his chest. Ew. So from latching onto Jeff's Fuck chest. That. And I, I thought that was brilliant, but That's it ended so up being pie better. that we don't see Fucked or that up. isn't shown enough. <laughs> so I also think it would have been, and I know it's supposed to be about their relationship, so it had to be something that uh, Abby did wrong. I do but, think that, that's, that that does... Even read that for the work, for though, the emotion Katie. of the film, but that I could just work. wish, man. Because all you had to do was <sighs> you. All you had to do is she blames her friend, and then her friend's not even mm-hmm. the problem. That is even that. Oh work. yeah, because it's like oh, you thought good. it was me, but it wasn't. It was your weird new boyfriend and then they go into their whole spiel again where they're like you don't even like him and she's like well you won't even care about my divorce and then you get that same scene Mm -hmm. we get all the like we save all the conflict for that one scene like there's none the entire movie for real and then they have like to go for it in that one and i'm like ooh, this is what we've been missing uh yeah Mm -hmm. those actors the the those two uh leads didn't seem like best friends yeah i i do wish they're and (laughs) That is kind of the the point of the film is that they don't get to spend enough time together during the holiday that they were supposed to spend time together. But I still felt like there could have been a little bit more. Uh, so that that did feel like a loss. Yeah. I also didn't know that you can't feed pecans to babies, which I guess makes sense. But I don't learning know what along you can with the feed movie. to babies and what you can't, man. I thought it was all. <laughs> I was like, just give them mush or milk. 
Yeah. Well, that's I would assume that that was a really safe bet on you shouldn't do that. But yeah. Also, I've nanny a before, nut pie. So mm-hmm. I've been around a few babies before. I've been around the block with a few babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're like, mm, give give the baby a baby a pie. No, guys, mm-hmm. you cannot. And now Taylor's improving. This is how it's done. She's been teaching us the whole time. Oh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I want to go crawl in a what? hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, improv is a crazy world full of crazy people. So it's an intense, it's an intense uh, addiction. I haven't been close enough to the mic this whole time. Well, it's it, we we need to get a better setup. Yeah, we're probably like probably a second mic. Probably. Or, or just like Katie, we're like crouched over this mic. I never sit it in a good spot. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah, it's my own fault. We look a little silly, but it's okay. Anywho, back to the movie. <laughs> you see Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Christmas are going to play on cable now because everyone bitched so hard that they were going to be Apple TV exclusives. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Dude, it but that does make sense. A fucking uproar because they didn't show Great Pumpkin <laughs> on cable and everybody's like are you fucking kidding? They're like all these old mm-hmm. people who don't have Apple. Like they're like, well, it's free on Apple TV, and they're like, well, fuck that. My grandma is seventy six and waits for it every year on fucking cable TV. So now the Thanksgiving one and uh, uh, the Christmas one will air amid the controversy. And the person leading mm-hmm. the pack was actually Luke. Not really. It was Luke who, who was saying this is ridiculous. I would never. I would never. Clear, where were you reading this? Oh, it's been the internet. Where the where were this you has reading been a thing. comments on Facebook? Not on that. Oh, okay. this was just a. This has been a thing for like since since October. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna you skip Thanksgiving, eh? But if you miss the Great Pumpkin, it yeah, is really sad. Exactly. But I, I was not to not to dip, but I had to say that because I forgot to say it last week, and and I yeah I, I forget things. So don't worry, folks. You can watch a Charlie Brown Christmas this Christmas season. Stay tuned. As God intended. <laughs> God and Charles Schultz. Before we depart from this movie entirely, I do want to mention that I'm looking at Nicole uh, Payone's um, IMDb page, and she has written a number of shorts before this. This is her first feature, and she's uh, been in scripted shows before. Um, She does have quite a few credits, so I just wanted to uh, correct myself on that front. So I can um, to give more credit to her. Well, she's a pro. I'm not saying she's not, but. Oh, no, I just didn't want to mis- misrepresent her background. Oh, okay, um, I got you, I got you. Taylor hates mm-hmm. hates this movie, dude. Fucking. <laughs> Taylor's like, if a man directed this, it would be so much funnier. Give it to Judd Apatow. That is not <laughs> what I said. I said, there's, I said that there's they, a, just needed, oh. they just need an editor. They just needed someone mm-hmm. to be like, funny line. You don't need it. It's okay. It's like me trying to be funny with Luke, and he's like, no, this, that's okay. We don't need it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you want? I, that's not true. That's not an accurate representation <laughs> of our relationship. Is Luke says, oh, we don't need that. And she says, yes, sir. And like, be, like, like I don't know where this is coming from. I, Taylor all of a sudden is all about the patriarchy today. I have no clue why. 
that's not sorry just to be clear that's also not what i meant either what i meant was if you were directing me in a movie (laughs) you're like i am there to support ag in that movie i'm not there to be funny i'm like that's not true i wrote you funny (laughs) but but in okay in certain scenes when there were times when i tried to make it funnier and it doesn't need to be that way it's, it would just be like me being dramatic, be me being too dramatic. That's what actors do. They take direction. I'm just giving you. A, if there was I'm a female director, I would heels. say I'm I would say skates. the same thing. And also, sometimes in real life, Luke says I'm not funny, and I cower and true. cry. And I and where is this coming from? Someone help me! Ah, uh, please save me! Ah, <laughs> that's not true. This is bullshit, <laughs> Luke. You can't say that to two ladies. Taylor, shut up! <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're done, Katie. It's over. <laughs> Luke is a very good husband. I love him very much. Help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Do you have final so, thoughts on this flick? I, I'm I'm out of gas final on thoughts. myself. On the flick. We can keep talking. Okay. Oh, okay. On the flick, I think, again, I believe it has good bones. There's just not enough meat on them. I think um, there should have been more of a structure... And I wished more of it landed because it does have a superb cast. It does. It does. I mean, a, a bunch of good people probably having a good time and getting paid for it. Good for them. My turn? Of course. I really liked this movie. I love that woman, and I'm so sorry I was mean. But really, uh, you just need a little more structure, and <laughs> a storyline would have been nicer and um, sometimes your actors should know when to be funny and try to one-up each other, and sometimes they you, shouldn't. It's like you're drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holiday week. Take this whole episode with a grain of salt. Yeah. I I do want to say um, there's another movie that has that's very lesbian-focused that I thought about bringing to the table, and I didn't because I didn't want to rewatch it. So I'm just going to explain it really quick. It's this movie called Les Bomb. And if anybody's curious, apparently it's free on Tubi. And it's about this woman who brings her girlfriend home for Thanksgiving. And she tries to come out. And it keeps being thwarted by all the wacky people in her family. So that's another one that's just pure gay. If anyone's curious about that, I think it's really rough. But I... No. No, no, no. Um, But that said, it is... I also believe that's a first feature for a writer-director who is queer. So I don't want to completely dismiss that. I do, I would want other people to watch it and maybe discuss it and just find out what they think about it on their own. uh, Just as another alternative holiday offering that is also queer. Um, So just throwing that out there. I think Hulu did, uh, didn't Hulu just drop a queer Christmas movie with Kristen Stewart and, and co.? Indeed they did. Indeed they did. And although I am a real Grinch when it comes to queer movies, I'm often very hard on them. Uh, I have heard that that one is good. It's gotten I have some too. I've serious heard it's critical too. praise. It, 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 so did, it come I, out? did it come out or is it about to come out? Because I, I, No pun intended. I, uh, I'm, I'm, oh. dying, I'm dying to watch it because I love, I love Kristen Stewart. And I love Christmas. And he loves Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's... Okay, it'll be released on the 26th. Okay, ooh, coming right up. So, like, this this Wednesday. Yeah. Christmas, or Thanksgiving Day. Perfect. Dude, 
That'll be a good watch. That'll be a good watch for you folks. And for us yeah. in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't wait I'm to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'll watch but Kristen Stewart just... read a phone book. <laughs> yeah, she has a certain genesis qua about her. Do you guys have any extra credits? Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas Day. If you have HBO Max, you can watch it in your home. It's fucking huge. That's a huge thing on, on many, many levels. Uh, and, and, and a move that Jake S. Weissman called on his film stuff show on YouTube. He definitely like was like, I think this will happen. And then I, like n- fucking next day. It's crazy. I was like, there's Ooh, no nice way. plug. Yeah. I was like, there's no mm-hmm. way. I was like, like they'll, they may not release in theater on Christmas, but they're not going to just put it to fucking HBO max. And they did. And that's a game changer. in in this, in this industry, we love so much and desperately want to be a part of. Did we talk about Dash and Lily? No, go for it. Dash and Lily, we watched it. We loved it. Netflix, mm, we thought it was so, 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 so good. That was our favorite Christmas movie to start. Series. Uh, yeah, series. It was a movie for us because we watched it all in one night. Well, you can. They're, like, short, so it's, like, eight episodes, like, four hours. You should just take it in one big bite. It's fucking delightful. Um, and nice. we tried to watch Holiday did not go well and i just started fargo for the first time uh the series and if you didn't already know it's good if you didn't know it's good you should watch it but i think most people already know that i think people people have heard about it but if you need a reason to this is me telling you go for it nice i don't hate everything what about what about you, Katie? Is that does that count as your extra credit giving us the co- the 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 comparable gay movie? I'll I'll be a bit more positive and have some recommendations. So I yes. saw two really solid documentaries recently. Ooh. One is called Dick Johnson is Dead. It's on uh, Netflix, and it's basically the um, the documentarian is kind of filming her father and f- preparing for his death while also putting in these cinematic sequences of various instances where he could die, which is, like, a way of coming to terms with it. And he's very down with it. He's very on board. And the the way that she goes in, like, it's very sweet. They have a very close bond. And he's um, suffering from Alzheimer's. And his uh, wife, who passed away before the film, also passed oh. away from Alzheimer's. And it's just, it's, it's so very, sad. it's this way of coping with death. But there's also... There's a lot of joy to be found in this film because it really is a celebration of him and his life and how he was such a good father. And there's also a lot of like trippy sequences where they kind of imagine what heaven might be like. Uh, I thought those were really fun and really doc. well done. It just rains. It's it's a doc, but there's also like some surreal sequences just for fun. And um, and the other one I watched was called Boy State, which is on Apple Plus. Oh, a twenty four. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, have you seen it? I have not. I just I've seen the trailer a bunch because it's a twenty four. Oh, <laughs> and they put it on. I'd like, highly you know, recommend I'm, it. I'm tapped into the a twenty four game. Yeah, yeah, they put out good stuff, and um, I really enjoyed this one. It follows a group of boys in Texas who were going through this um, week long event called Boy State, where eleven hundred of them kind of come together to create kind of a stand-in for government like they uh oh, run for governor they, and they things did this like in that Illinois and stuff did they do that in your state i have no memory of it i they this was it. the first time i'd ever heard of my anything high school like girlfriend this. did girls state like it was a thing and it's i thought it was very informative and a lot of 
president, or like, let me see, Rush Limbaugh, Dick, Dick Cheney, Cory Booker. All the American sweethearts, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. That and it so was also it was also really fun for me to see Austin again. I went to, on a personal note, I went to undergrad in Austin, Texas. And so seeing the different places that I used to, to run and hang out in, that was really nice. But really, it's about these boys kind of distilling what it means to be politicians. And a lot of them are conservative because it is Texas. And it's... It's really interesting, like, how their minds work and how they process uh, what they need to do to get ahead. And there's a lot of, like, mutual respect between many of them. And I I just thought it was it was a very interesting doc. And it's, it's so... I feel like a lot of times when there are portrayals of teenagers, it's always in this incredibly cynical way. Uh, people think that a lot of teenagers are dumb or they don't have, like any kind of aspirations and these kids are so driven and so smart and I well I don't agree with a lot of their political views <laughs> um I I do think that they like, like you can kind of understand where they're coming from and I think that the doc is very much worth watching that does sound I've definitely seen the trailer for that that sounds very very interesting and the fact of the matter that you'd be you could watch it and not want to gouge your eyes out because that sounds like hell on earth to me to be stuck in a room with a bunch of dudes who have high aspirations. <laughs> I don't know. I just think She's it's back. interesting because I. <laughs> I like I just the worst experience. <laughs> no, I I love your honesty. That I, I totally understand it. I I didn't expect to enjoy the doc as much as I did, but I I honestly did. I I thought it was very again very informative, very enjoyable. Um. But yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from. It's not for everybody. I live in, um, um, because the most straight men scare me, I live on gay TikTok for a lot of my time. Um, so that sounds so scary to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I love my husband. With that being said, (laughs) I'm Luke. I'm Katie. I'm Taylor. And you have a good one, folks. Happy Thanksgiving.